0: You're listening you're to listening to Radio 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 enjoy the show
1: i would like if i may to take you on a strange journey
2: Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world. And I'm your host, Adam Campbell. It is great to have you. It's January 20th, and I've got a great show for you this week. First, a little happy birthday shout-out to my mom. That's right, the woman who brought me into the world, so you all may be cursing her. <laughs> but today, happy birthday, Mom. I already had the kids give her a call and sing happy birthday to her. And, you know, that grandparents like that sort of thing, so good stuff. And speaking of kids, I growing up, I fell in love with horror movies thanks to my older sister. She is actually really amazing about finding literally like new horror movies every other day, um, and so I was just cycling through horror films as a young child. And when I started reading, I found this book called "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark" by Alvin Schwartz, and it it made a gigantic impression. On my mind as a small child, and the artwork in it, breathtaking, and the stories were fun but scary. And they're sort of a campfire—you know, sitting around a campfire telling stories, kind of scary way. But it was really, really a great collection of stories. So I thought I would go rent this book from the library, bring it home to my kids, and you know, see how they felt about it. <laughs> and I don't know if my delivery was too serious, but it scared the shit out of them. I mean, my daughter was standing up on the chair screaming and crying. It was horrible. And that was just from one story. So, you know, it's a lot of fun trying to uh, share your childhood experiences with your children, but you have to, you know, pull it back a little bit. (laughs) Don't be so scary. I mean, quite literally, when I was reading, I was sitting in, uh, and I think it was like an elementary school library thumbing through this book and reading it. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear in the background, she's actually complaining and crying right now. Gotta love kids. But yeah, so you want to, you want to share the experiences that you had with, um, this book, and I was sitting in the elementary school with the lights on and, you know, kids all around me reading whatever, so it wasn't as scary as me at the dinner table flipping the lights off and reading the story and then screaming at the end, <laughs> just terrifying the poor kids, um, but you know, that's the kind of guy I am, I like to scare people <laughs> for no reason, no, they, my daughter, like, the next night, I, I asked the kids, hey, do you want me to read another story out of this book, and my daughter was like, yes, so <laughs> I scared the crap out of her, but she liked it. And my son said, hell no. <laughs> he had nightmares. So. What can you do? You know, some kids like it, some kids don't. Um, it'll grow on him, though, I'm sure. He'll look back and, you know, the crazy, crazy things his old man did to him. <laughs> like, read scary stories at dinner. Uh, maybe he'll like it. <laughs> he'll have fond memories of it. Alright, you know what I have fond memories of? Radio Free Satan. That's right. I have fond memories every week of them. For the last week. <laughs> and I look forward to the next. Look, Rate of brings completely diverse content to you, the audience, for free. But there are still bills that need to be paid. There's licensing fees for the music that you enjoy. There's um server costs for just having web content on the web. It has to be stored on a computer somewhere, and that server costs money. Then there's domain uh, name costs... And the bills sort of just pile up on themselves. Now, this is done because we want to make a statement, a satanic expression of our lives, our experience, our passion, and bring it to you, and you gobble it up at a fantastic rate, which is great and everyone loves it. But like I said, bills need to be paid. So if you can drop a dime, go to the homepage of RadioFreeSatan.com, click through that landing page and on the column on the right, there's a donate button. Do us a solid and donate a little Skrilla to RadioFreeSatan.com. It's going to keep the wheels turning, the little hamsters in those Hamster cage wheels running in the circle that powers this whole monster that is radiofreesane.com. So let's keep that going, shall we? And if you do, I'm going to give you a little bit of something-something as a reward for doing so. So if you drop $10, you can get the Black House Blues Hymn of the Satanic Empire track. It's a lot of fun. Go to BlackHouseBlues.com and you can listen to it on YouTube. But if you want the MP3 to take with you or whatever you want to do with it, burn it, I don't know, put it on a thumb drive and then burn it. Uh You can do that for $10 and I will send it to you. I just have to verify the email address that you sent the PayPal money through and then we will be good. At a $15 level, yeah, Nine Cents presents Satanists on Satanic Cinema, The Brotherhood of Satan, featuring guests Magister Matt G. Paradise and Reverend Bill M. We sat down and we watched The Brotherhood of Satan and we had a lot of fun and we waxed uh a little wisely about it. Is a lot of fun, and you're not going to get it anywhere else for a little bit of time, except for here at a $15 level. Now, at a $20 level, I'm going to give you the ebook of how Crow got a scare back. And if you spend $20 on RadioFreeSatan.com, and you don't want my ebook, then you can get any of the rewards at any level. Just let me know which one you want, and I will verify your email address of payment, and it will be done. So help Radio Free Satan continue bringing you amazing content. Eh? Okay, so I have a very, very, very amazing show for you today. Um <laughs> A couple of you have sent in some articles about this Satanist rally in Florida. And so I looked into it. I When I first saw it crop up in my Google News alert, I didn't really think anything of it because there's a lot of bullshit Satanist stuff that that comes pushing through. But this is getting a lot of coverage. And so I feel like I should address it. And as soon as I looked into it, I realized that I did have something to say about it more than something to say about it. And uh, I don't know. It, it. The conspiracy theorist inside of me really wants to take it in a specific direction. But I'm going to try to pull back and just keep based in reality here. Or in presented reality, I'll say, because that makes more sense. However, uh, searching through the internet, I also ran across a blog called Satanic Witch Supports Westboro Baptist's Claim of Biblical Authority. Now this was done by the Church of Satan's own Magisteri Grain. And done, she wrote it. So uh, I sort of, kind of asked her if she would read it for us. That's right. So I have her vocal track reading her own article, Satanic Witch Supports Westboro Baptist's Claim for Biblical Authority. And I put a little bit of tunage in the background. You're going to recognize it as maybe a little Mozart Requiem. It's badass. But this whole piece, it's an amazing article that she wrote, and together with the music and her voice and her own inflection of the words, it's a fantastic it's a fantastic piece that I think is going to really enrich The Devil's Advocate spot for this week. And it also sort of led me to think, you know... I had uh, um, Reverend Bill M. read an essay from Anton LaVey, and he put some music to the back of it. And it was really great. And then this came about, and Magister Yegrin read her own article, and I put some music behind it, and it was really fun. So I'm thinking I might try to do that again in the future, and maybe try to tap both of them on the shoulder. And if there's someone that you would like, that you think would be willing, to contribute to The Devil's Advocate, please let me know, because I would love to keep you interested in the show, and if that means stepping back and letting other people step up to the mic, I'm completely okay with that. Um, But of course, you know, they have to want to do it. I'm not just going to demand someone try to do it. Uh, Okay, but that's going to be The Devil's Advocate segment. Really a lot of fun. You're going to love it. In the Infernal Informant, like I mentioned, I have that Satanist Plan Rally in Support of Florida Governor Rick Scott article. And newly discovered leadership gene may identify those who are born to rule. And at that's right, it is time for another Down to the Crossroads at the tail end of this show. And this is going to be episode 7. And I titled it, I Eat My Roast Beef by the Spoonful. <laughs> and it will make complete sense once you hear it but Aaron brought together a kick-ass line of music and we really enjoyed it and talked and had fun so you will enjoy I know (laughs) alright that's gonna do it for another show so let's go ahead and just dive right in
3: you are your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And you are the devil's advocate.
2: I'm a Satanist. I'm an active member in the Church of Satan, but I do not speak for the Church of Satan. That is all.
1: This is Magistrate Igraine of the Church of Satan. Welcome to The Devil's Advocate. Satanic Witch Supports Westboro Baptist's Claim of Biblical Authority For several years I've been writing here explaining how alternative religions are the same and in what ways they are different from mainstream religions. To begin the new year I thought I would take a timely issue and apply religious philosophy to it from our alternative point of view. Then I saw my hometown on TV and the Catholic church that I grew up next to and the timely issue was decided. As I did some prep research though, the Westboro Baptist Church reared its ugly head and I prepared to join the bandwagon and slam them for being the horrible bigots that they are. Unfortunately, as their hatred is all based directly on the biblical word of God, all I can say is that they're behaving like true Christians. You see, my mom grew up in Manhattan in Newtown, Connecticut and I spent many a summer swimming at Family Friends in Sandy Hook proper. The girl across the street from me growing up in Katona, New York, was killed by Adam Lanza as she performed the noble profession of teaching. Now, I'm not implying my grief was more meaningful than anyone else's, but it was mind-blowing to watch a funeral procession on TV walk by my childhood home. And now some Christians have once again muddied things up by protesting and claiming that these horrible deaths were the work of their God. And you want to know something that I can probably only say because I am a satanic witch? If I believed in the God of the Holy Bible, as it is written, if I did, he is exactly the sort of horrible monster who would allow such a thing. Luckily, I believe in no gods, no devils, no demons, no angels, no hobbits, no Bigfoot, and no fairies. So, given that I hate everything the Westboro Baptist Church stands for... How can I possibly be, even metaphorically, in agreement with them? The answer is the Holy Bible. Now, how many times has the average Wiccan, Pagan, Satanist, Druid, or Atheist been asked why they haven't dropped their knees and embraced traditional religion? And how many times does the average non-traditional religionist have to endure the insults, the incredulous jaw-drops, the disdain of the mainstream who can't fathom why anyone would find what they believe in to be abhorrent. Surely it is easier to go with the flow, with all the love and eternal life and harps and such. Why would anyone not sign up And the answer again? The Holy Bible. And yet, for the sake of peace, even those who do not drink the Christian Kool-Aid often still seem quite supportive of it. Most neo-pagans of today spend buckets of time claiming, most truthfully, that they have no problem with Christianity that they aren't anti-christian, just non-christian. And when it comes to the Westboro Baptist, most Christians of today cannot stand the notion that Westboro Baptist Church is Christian at all. They will claim that the acts of this church is one of hate and not in line with Christian theology. Yet at the risk of pissing off everyone, let me take the decidedly un-PC view and say that Neil pagans should be proud to be non or even anti-christian And less popular still, that the Westboro Baptist Church is biblically Christian, hate and all. Gays, women, ethnic minorities, everyone wants to believe that because they are Christian, Christianity is good and loving and kind, and those who quote the Bible's more angry passages are somehow misguided. Well, that just isn't so. The Bible is a hateful book, full of vitriol and hate and prejudice, and a vengeful, jealous God who makes it plain as day that he will mess you up good and proper if you don't play his particular brand of ball. How anyone can read that book and determine that it is about love is akin to believing that Fifty Shades of Grey is about interior design. All over the Western world, Christian churches are ignoring biblical teaching in an effort to become more open and welcoming to the vast diversity of humanity. Amid the strains of amazing grace, People are being treated appropriately and with respect among the very pews that previously were unwelcoming and unkind. It is the right thing to do, no question. However, it is not the Christian thing to do. Leviticus, 2013 If there is a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. They shall surely be put to death. 1 Corinthians 6.9 or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals. First Timothy 1:9-10. Realizing the fact that civil law is not made for a righteous man, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, For those who kill their fathers or mothers for murderers, and immoral men, and homosexuals, and kidnappers, and liars, and perjurers. Romans 1.26-27 For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural, and in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. Now, if any of that is actually saying God loves homosexuals and wants them to love who they choose, I seem to be missing it. And if every single biblical quote about homosexuality is a mistranslation, then how can anything else be perceived to be correctly translated? Why, why, why is it so important for homosexuals to get the seal of approval from a religion that can never be both true to the Holy Bible and be supportive of their love. Those things are biblically, mutually exclusive. Likewise, women. Long ago, I decided not to join the club that said my curiosity or desire for knowledge was the root of all evil. I did not want to sign on with the guy who decided to punish an entire gender by making the miracle of birth agonizing. I did not want my daughters kneeling before someone who did not want them to have the freedom to speak in matters spiritual or demanded that they subjugate themselves before anyone with a hanging Johnson. Instead of joining me, however, the girls who agreed with my assessment instead decided to change the religion by pretending that Jesus changed all the rules by being nice to a hooker. They ignored the hatred of women and instead have altered the thing that they claim is the Word of God. Now I disagree with every hateful thing Westboro Baptist says because it is the message that is wrong. But the message being delivered is straight out of the Holy Bible. The truth is people are either too comfortable or habituated or just plain lying to themselves. They want Christmas and fellowship and nifty Bible stories that bond them with their culture. And if that means lying about what Christianity really is, so be it. Every day I will read about how Westboro Baptists are not real Christians when, if the Holy Bible is the defining factor, they absolutely are. It is actually the majority of nice, decent, mainstream Christians who are in violation of their religion, and all someone like me can do is be both shocked and glad. My religion, Satanism, does not recruit or proselytize. Wiccans don't go door-to-door, and pagans don't leave tracks by the car wash, yet. Regardless, there are thousands of schools of thought, religions, philosophies, and lifestyles that allow an individual to be true to themselves and their ideals. Changing Christianity has not changed the Holy Bible, it has simply caused more hypocrisy. Don't support the Westboro Baptist Church, don't support the hateful, prejudicial, and genocidal book. the Holy Bible. Hail Satan.
3: Psst. Hey. Hey. Hey, come here. Psst. What? Huh? Me? Do I know you? Man, you're religious, man, aren't you? No more than anyone else. Listen, listen, I got a secret. It's, It's been eating me up and I gotta share it with someone. Get the fuck out of here, kid. I don't know you. No, listen, man. It's about you. It's about your life. You're about to have what what alcoholics refer to as your moment of clarity. What are you talking about? Are you okay, son? Sins are indisposable to every society organized on an ecclesiastical basis. They are only reliable weapons of power. The priest lives upon sins. It's, it's necessary to him that there be sinning. Who the fuck are you, kid? I'm your infernal informant.
2: This is an ABC news article by Christina Ng. Satanists plan rally in support of Florida Governor Rick Scott. The Satanic. This was posted on the fifteenth of January. The Satanic Temple. Yeah, you've heard of it? I didn't think so. Is planning its first major rally, which will be held in support of Florida Governor Rick Scott later this month. For which might sound ironic, signing a bill that allows for the possibility of prayer in public schools. Okay, so first, let's lay a framework here of of reality. It is already okay to have prayer in schools. You can individually pray no matter what. It's constitutionally protected, no one's stopping you. What the laws currently say is that you cannot have instructional prayer, meaning a teacher cannot force you to participate in group prayer, which is why (laughs) this is at the core to why I think there's something other than satanic at work here. And I know, obviously, it's not, it's not Satanism satanic, but I mean, this isn't just a collection of devil worshipers doing this. I think it's something deeper than that. But because I have absolutely no proof of that, and it's just sort of that gut feeling I get at times, we're going to try to keep away from that part of it and just focus on the absurdity of this. So before I get into like everything else in this article, this satanic temple group of satanists, and you can't see my air quotes, but I'm hoping you're, you're, you're hearing the absurdity in my voice as I say that they are satanists or satanic at all they are not (laughs) like you and me. See, they do not see Satanism as actual Satanism, meaning defined by the Satanic Bible, uh, created by Anton LaVey. They don't see that as the reality of it. And so you have to go into this article with that hat on your head so that you can understand any of this. So let me continue. The religion's founder, Neil Brick, who is based in New York, is expected to speak at the rally. Brick uses an assumed name for satanic-related business and would not reveal his real name to ABC News. The group also hopes to open a temple in New York in the next few months. It may be telling that the satanic temple will be located in New York and the group's first rally, scheduled for January 25th, will be held in Florida. New York is a pretty good place for satanism. No shit. Derf, 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 derf. Um, Florida is, too. <laughs> says Satanic's temple spokesman, Lucian Greaves. Oh, these people. The Florida bill that has delighted the Satanists is Senate Bill 98 and gives students sole discretion in determining whether an inspirational message is to be delivered at a student assembly. The bill prohibits school officials from participating in or influencing whether an inspirational message will be delivered. It's kind of like how it is now. Except there's not a bill stating it. Satanists feel that the policy does a lot to support religious diversity, according to Greaves. We already have that on the books, you idiot. Here's probably the worst part of all of this. Probably, I mean, there's so many different things wrong with this uh, asshat Lucian Greaves. Okay, let's first take, I know some people choose names for, to represent themselves in the world because they don't want their, um, outing themselves as Satanists to, you know, have repercussions. And, and those repercussions are real in some places. Very real. I can't help but kind of not like these names at all. I really think it's absurd to, I get why people don't want to out themselves. Fine. Maybe it's an anagram of their normal name. You know, do whatever you have to do. But Lucian Greaves, I don't know. It's a little... It's a little goofy. And just that idea of, you know, creating these sort of fake little names to identify yourself. You're the only person that's impressed by them. Alright? And I'm not just speaking to Lucian Greaves here. I'm just saying, no one else is like, ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) You know? And if that's not why you're doing it, equally so, no one's going, oh, that's that's really clever. Their parents named them a really great name. He's got a really satanic name. That's amazing. Wow. No. No one believes that they're real. And no one thinks they're awesome. Except for you. So just understand that going in, you're not impressing anyone. Alright, Lucian Greaves? You're not. You're a douchebag. And you're not a Satanist. And this is this is what drives me crazy the most and it should really really infuriate all of you out there who identify as Satanists and live your life as Satanists because you know what they're ruining it because this is in the news it's given authority in other people's eyes there are literally millions of people more that are ignorant as to what Satanism really is and so if their first exposure to that is this article or similar articles, they just think it's true. They think it's real. They don't realize it's complete bullshit. And so we suddenly, when we come out and say, oh yeah, we're saying this," they apply the information that this asshat, Lucian Greaves, has given them to us as truth. And that is infuriating. They are completely changing what it means. The definition of Satanism. They are perverting it in the most disgusting way. Because what they're saying is that there is an actual spiritual Satan. And they are praying to him. And that he's carrying it. He, they, they're applying angelic mystical traits to the metaphor that we use to associate ourselves in our world and it ruins that aesthetic for everyone. And that's sort of at the heart of my conspiracy theory. I don't think they're actual Satanists. I think it's a Christian doing this. And obviously it's a Christian because they're applying Christian values to it. Obviously it's a Christian because they're applying the spiritual side of Satanism to it. Because no one who wasn't a Christian would do that because it's absurd. But it infuriates me that now we we went through literally decades of fighting and just having the same... Sound bites repeated over and over trying to explain that no, we do not kill babies, no, we do not murder animals, no, we do not abuse children, and no, we do not believe in a spiritual Satan. And no matter how many times we beat that drum, you have idiots like Lucy and Greaves coming out of the woodworks saying, this is what Satanism is.
3: Shut
2: up, this is killing me. I I absolutely detest this. It's really infuriating to have to, one, argue against ignorant uh, Christians and the like when they think they're right. But when you're arguing with someone who identifies themselves as a Satanist and actually has no connections, not even in remote belief of what Satanism actually is, You're giving them the same value of opinion, and they are not the same value. So yes, we have to ignore them, because otherwise we're we're giving them authority in an argument. But by not saying anything, we're letting everyone else out there believe that this is what Satanism is, or this is what a Satanic group is, or this is what a Satanic group believes in. It's literally a double-edged sword, which is why I think it's a little bit ingenious, a little bit clever, maybe too clever for a Christian. So, you know, that might be ruining my conspiratorial idea there. But it's just absurd, you know, and it it really boils my blood quite a bit, if you couldn't tell. Okay, so the Florida bill that was, oh, I already did that, sorry. (laughs) Satanists feel that the, and here's the other thing, Satanists feel. So reading this, you would think that, oh, well, every Satanist is exactly alike, and they all feel this way.
3: Holy shit.
2: (laughs) No, 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 no. Satanists feel that the policy does a lot to support religious diversity, according to Greaves. The Satanic Temple embraces the free expression of religion, and Satanists are happy to show their support. Of Rick Scott, who, particularly with SB 98, has reaffirmed our American freedom to practice our faith openly, allowing our satanic children the freedom to pray in school, the temple said in a release announcing the rally. This is a great country. Everyone has a voice, Governor Scott's press secretary wrote in an email to ABCnews.com when asked about the rally. grief said that the Satanism is just unjust... Mi- <clears throat> Let me say that again. <laughs> sorry. Greaves said that Satanism is an unjustly maligned religion. I think that Satanism is very different... Um, I'm sorry, is the very definition of a marginalized or misunderstood religion. That's true. Greaves told ABCnews.com. People don't think of Satanism as being a compassion-based... No no, 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 no. no. Ah! People don't think of Satanism as being a compassion-based religion in the least, and they usually associate it with anti-human behavior. That entire statement, broken into two parts, both of them are wrong. (laughs) Both of them. Ah! We are not anti-human, obviously. We are very uh, (laughs) pro-human, so much so that we relish it. And uh, we are not a compassion-based religion. You could argue that we are a passion-based, Based religion, Epicurean, we have just enormous uh, obsession with living and experience and success, but not really just blanket statement compassion based for our fellow man. I don't think so. Members of the religion believe that Satan has the compassion and wisdom of an angel, according to the religion's website. They believe that God is perfect and outside the sphere of the physical, so Satan presides over the universe as his proxy. That was my head exploding. Insanity. Pure insanity. Not only do they ignore what is core to Satanism, and that's there is no Satan, but they're now embracing God and using Satan as the Jesus proxy. They literally took Satan's name and put it in place of Jesus's name in every Christian reference. Like that is that is what they did, and how perverse is that? To not only not only us as Satanists, but just the absurdity of the argument that somehow it's like a viable. Understanding? It's insane. This is the religion's first major rally, and Greaves said that while many followers have expressed online interest in attending, he does not know how many will be at the rally. That's because those who believe what you believe and agreed online are 12 and under, and their parents won't let them go to an overnight rally in <laughs> Florida. <laughs> and more to the point, um, it's all a lie. It's all made up. You are not a rational human being. Why would you have logical, free-thinking, independent... I don't know, people wanting to listen to your bullshit? And attend a rally in support of a bill that is a reinforcement of our actual freedoms as per claimed by the Constitution of the United States of America. We already have the freedom that they're creating this bill for. And this is actually something the Tea Party does a lot of. And and, um, Governor Rick Scott is actually a huge Tea Party uh, supported. um, Rick Scott is a huge Tea Party supported um, politician. They like to reinforce existing freedoms because they're too freaking stupid to realize that one, we already have the freedom. And they just want to sort of reinforce that, yeah, we're doing something in Congress when no one else is doing anything. You're not actually, you're passing bills, but if that is equating to doing something, then I argue that that actually is doing nothing. Doing something is addressing issues that we aren't addressing already in other places. Um, dealing with problems that we have in our world right now, not reinforcing existing rights. You... Hillbilly retards. I, I just cannot get over this. Uh, uh, the satanic temple was formed in 2012. Oh, well, there you go. It's still it's in infancy. Maybe they'll mature and realize how stupid they are, and in 2013, they will go the way of the dodo. While their building opens in New York, Greaves said, Ugh, we will be the only real active satanic church that holds public services there is nothing nothing satanic about public services this is an affront to everything that satanism is it is an assault on the actual satanic religion and these people are doing more harm to us than to anyone else just by claiming to be satanic they may or may not understand that but we cannot ignore it they are literally watering down and confusing what we have worked so hard to clarify and solidify and that is the real only Definition of Satanism defined by the only person to have ever defined it before in his time, Anton LaVey, through the Satanic Bible. Everything else is wish washy wannabes, add ons, and liars. Period. The Satanic Temple? Fuck you. There's nothing Satanic about you. You are the Christian Temple putting Satan in Jesus' place. That's all. Nothing satanic about that at all. Period. All right. And the next article, I'm I'm like, like burning up hot here. I'm so <laughs> upset. Um, okay. So this is medicaldaily.com. Newly discovered leadership gene may identify those who were born to rule. The latest study is the first to discover specific DNA sequence associated with a tendency for individuals to occupy leadership positions. And this is by Christine HSU, um, also posted on the 15th. Great leaders are born, not bred, according to a new twin study. Satanists... See, I'm just, I'm still in that mode. Scientists say, and still, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, the, the latest study is the first to discover a specific DNA sequence associated with the tendency for individuals to occupy leadership positions. Researchers discovered that the leadership gene, known as RS four nine five zero, is an inherited DNA sequence associated with people who are good at taking charge. The new study, published in the Journal Leadership Quarterly, suggests that the RS four 4950 gene may provide the essential push needed to make someone into a leader rather than a follower. British researcher at the University College London found the leadership gene after the analyzed DNA samples from approximately 4,000 individuals and matched them to information about career and relationships. The study used workplace supervisory roles as a measurement of leadership behavior. The findings revealed that a quarter of the observed variation in leadership traits between individuals could be explained by genetics. We have identified a genotype called RS-4950, which appears to be associated with the passing of leadership ability down through generations, lead study author Dr. Jan Emmanuel de Neva said in a statement. The conventional wisdom that leadership is a skill remains largely true, but we show it's also, in part, a genetic trait. Researchers note that while getting a leadership position mostly depends on developing skills inheriting the leadership trait can also play an important role in determining who's the boss. As recent as late August, Professor John Antonakis, who is known for his work on leadership, posed a question. Is there a specific leadership gene? Denevis said. The study allows us to answer yes, to an extent. Although leadership should be thought of predominantly as a skill to be developed, genetics, in particular this RS, um, 4950 genotype can also play a significant role in predicting who is more likely to occupy leadership roles," he said. Researchers added that most studies that more studies are needed to understand how the rs4950 leadership gene interacts with other factors like child's learning environment in the emergence of leadership. Um, I think this is uh, a big bag of bullshit. I do, and it's funny because I've I've argued this exact same point with no scientific backing before but i think people are born with capacity and you may have heard me talking about this in my first year of this episode of this series of nine cents and that I, I believe people are born with ability um certain capacities some people are just going to be worker bees and some people are going to be leaders that's in my opinion a natural genetic trait that you're you just born with. So I, I completely buy that part of it. But being in the military and seeing a lot of leadership relies on opportunity, hard work, and coaching and decision-making. That, that has a lot of what it means to be a good leader. Being a natural leader is not always in line with that. and In fact, it very rarely is, but it doesn't mean because you're a natural leader that you're going to be a good leader. And, you know, this also sort of brings up, you know, uh, many questions about, oh, well, what defines a good leader? Um, what are leadership traits that are um, desirable? And that is going to vary very much by culture and institution. And these, this study was done by their own admission as like supervisory roles, <laughs> workplace supervisory roles as measurement. So I, I have to take this with a huge, huge pile of salt, not even just a grain, but a whole spoonful of salt. Because they literally that whole article was saying the same thing like seven times. As far as information, and so it wasn't really deep, but I did want to talk about it because it it reinforces an idea that I've had for a long time. So even if even if this article was only two paragraphs, we would have gotten the same information out of it. But the information is still interesting. And as they continue the research, what does this mean? I mean, selective breeding. This is this is a very very satanic idea. Um, deciding on partners to procreate with, who. Hold traits that you want in your children or for the future of your lineage um, These are things to be keeping in mind when when you're having children and I realize that life and 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 children and parenting and you know finding a connection with someone to have children with is it's far away from planning anything. It really takes your plans and just throws them in the mud because life gets in the way of everything. But, you know, it's a fun thing to think about. And if the opportunity is there in the future for us to build children, well, then this would be one of those interesting things to add in there. Of course, you know, too many chiefs, very few Indians also has a, <laughs> he's not racist, <laughs> also is very problematic in any situation. So we have to keep that in mind as well. Uh, but that's going to do it for the Infernal Informant. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> How about it? I just stop talking for a while and we'll just dive into Down at the Crossroads. Great episode coming up next.
3: Ah, right, there you will. She you want stay out in this blackout? Sure was dark tonight.
2: Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine.
0: Do yourself! What are you doing out here?
3: Oh, I'm, I'm headed down to the crossroads. crossroads. <laughs> Wait, miss. You can't be. You're the... You're the devil,
1: devil.
2: But
3: you're, you're beautiful.
0: beautiful. Just sign here.
2: Oh my god. Welcome to another Down to the Crossroads. I'm being joined yet again by Aaron. How are you, my dear? I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. I'm excited. This is the first Down to the Crossroads of the brand Ooh. new year.
0: <laughs> Quite thrilling.
2: <laughs> How was your uh, New Year's? Celebrations.
0: Oh, how was it? I guess it was pretty, all right. It was pretty uneventful. Yeah. Yeah, I think we get just gotten back into town from a long trip and we just kind
2: of stayed home and made out at midnight.
3: <laughs> <laughs> how boring. I know. So lame. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> now,
2: yeah, and actually, um, I don't know that I've ever had that stereotypical New Year's where you're at this big, big party and there's all the music and then everyone's shouting together uh-huh. in unison three two one. I have been Where like,
0: everyone's wearing like a mask and just yeah. like a masquerade ball. Yeah, no, like, I haven't
2: either. Like what you think of when you think of a, a New Year party. And it's always for me, it's always like it's like someone's house or it's just my house and we're all like by that time, completely <laughs> off our ass and just like sitting there like what that? what what? yeah it, what's
0: going on? Yeah, it sounds familiar. It's horrible.
2: Um. Or I'm with the kids and I just get so uh, exhausted dealing with the kids all day, and then trying to keep them up and the harassing
0: yeah. and Yeah See, I don't have that excuse. I'm just lame. Well, <laughs> I should have kids just so I have an excuse. That's you know, a really good
2: but... idea, and, and a good reason to have kids too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the best, the best reason I can of. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what do you have for us this week? Well, this week I'm doing one of those, another one of those variations on the same song. I think. We did i remember we did one with um going to brownsville and all the variations on that this time um i'm going with a song it's a spoonful theme and there this song's been recorded by literally hundreds of bands and artists um but the original version is well arguably the original version was by this guy named papa charlie jackson he was a blues banjo player and you don't hear that a whole lot is the banjo and the blues but it's pretty phenomenal and really the whole reason i wanted to do this was because of the howlin wolf version of the song which is probably the one of the best things i've ever heard really (laughs) yeah i'm such a huge howlin wolf fan and this uh song is so great like you know i honestly don't know which version i heard first but howlin wolf i think is my favorite and uh it's definitely what compelled me to to do this show so um and it's great because there are so many versions of the song i had a really hard time trying to decide on just three but i kind of went in order you know i went we start with the papa charlie jackson like i said the probably the the original version and then we go to charlie patton's version which is kind of his take on um papa charlie jackson's version and then howlin Wolf's is just Kind of based on both of those, but it's it was written by a guy named Willie Dixon who was a um, pretty incredible blues artist in his own right, bass yeah, player. I
2: was bringing mm-hmm. his uh, CD into my computer today actually.
0: Nicely done, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> but uh, why don't we kick it off Hell and nice. uh, then I'll keep on running my mouth.
2: All right, oh, I love that record, yeah. Well, I gotta adjust my volume here, so I can hear me some airing, too. Oh, that's not necessary, really. <laughs> I you what,
3: that's Don't you right, I'm rockin',
2: I cannot help it. Yeah, me neither.
0: So, there's that banjo sound, you know, that's such a great sound. It's, you know, at this point, he's just kind of strumming along. You know, banjo can sometimes can get a little crazy on the thing, but, oh, yeah. uh... Right yeah, he's here, just he's going just... for a
2: walk, right here. Just...
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's a, you know, he's a really good banjo player, but it's this isn't the song that really um, showcases that banjo playing. But
2: yeah, I'm pretty sure I could do this on the banjo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see you try. <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> on it, baby, just the blue. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Alright, so there's some talk that Papa Charlie Jackson was one of the first musicians to ever record a blues song, and he recorded on the uh, uh, Paramount record label, which is pretty famous blues label, but he was one of the first, at least, and one of the only surviving you know, early blues recordings, and, you know, he had pretty great success, so. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, the the, the theme of the song, this spoonful discussion, is, um, as you can imagine, about drugs. Heroin? <laughs> it's a cocaine reference, and what I love about this version, it's very straightforward, so, Spoonful is about drugs. Mm. Pretty straightforward. You know, he says.
2: Did they do spoonfuls of cocaine, though? That doesn't sound right to me.
0: I, I do. I don't know how you do your <laughs> cocaine, but mine is by the spoonful.
2: I do. How else would you? No, but isn't it like a heroin thing? Like, even back then? Like, they used to, you know. Shoot cook it, it? The... you mean? Yeah, um, they used to cook it in the spoon and then use a little swab. I saw it on Ray, damn it.
0: You <laughs> watch that movie. I'm a do what I do, baby. <laughs> so, okay, Papa Charlie may have been sort of uh, what's the, is it ambiguous? Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't that know. Um, about the what a spoonful is? He, oh,
2: yes. You know they want to be kind of vague, but it, as the songs go on. Now, um, wait a second. Was that what a, was that mm-hmm? what Mary Poppins was talking about too? Because that's Absolutely. completely irresponsible. A spoonful of sugar? Come on. Yeah, that's not sugar. That's cocaine. You English twat.
0: Yeah, she was definitely pushing drugs on those kids. I'm surprised it took you this
2: long to figure that out. <laughs> I mean, I knew the whole, like, toy moving on their own thing was weird, but I didn't think it was, like, Breaking Bad weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: hmm Oh, it's weird. It's real weird.
0: <laughs> okay, so maybe he doesn't, um, maybe it's not cocaine, maybe in this song at least um, it's sort of just, uh, it could be anything, I guess, is the point. Uh... Roast beef. What?
2: Roast beef. Roast beef, very
0: easy. Roast beef, (laughs) yeah. Um, he never actually comes right out and says roast beef, but I have (laughs) a feeling he's talking about. Um, (laughs) but yes, as the song goes on, it gets less and less ambiguous about what they're talking about. It's definitely drugs,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know. Um, let's kick. I say we go right into the next one.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm looking sort of at the the notes on the second one, and it it does come out and say cocaine. So.
0: Yeah, well there's also, um... Guess you were right. Guess
2: you were right. I was wrong. Yeah,
0: you know, (laughs) try to be a little vague. They don't want to come right out. Maybe use an analogy or take everyone's... Snow is just trite. But, um... What was... I forget what I was going to say. It's all your fault.
2: We're at Charlie Patton. Alright, so
0: we're going to go with the next one is Charlie Patton. And and here we go, hopefully. Um, Now... Isn't that nice?
2: That's great. This is much more blues than the last one.
0: Yeah, well, I think the instrumentation is much more blues. Um, and he, what he does here in this song, I really, really love. I mean, when I figured out kind of what was going on for the first time, it was one of those moments where I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. But he basically, he never says the word spoonful outright in this song. Instead he plays a little bit of a slide guitar to sort of imitate the vocals.
3: Oh, yeah. I'll do
2: mouth
0: for a second and let you hear it. Um he ne- you know, he never says it in the song. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> I love it. You
3: know I need my
2: uh, this is my new favorite of the two.
0: <laughs> Wait till you hear Howl and Wolf.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is fun. So he's sort of having like a, it's definitely, you know, very, that, that call and response, um, that came from like the negro spirituals and the old work songs you know he's he's having kind of a conversation with himself too and with his guitar you know the whole thing it's total package but he sort of speaks a line and then he kind of answers himself you know he says at one point like you know would you kill a man yes i would about a spoonful Mm -hmm. you know it's basically i would do anything for this uh you know, he says, Look you know, it's sort of a um, conversation he's having with a woman at one point too where he says, Look here, baby, would you would you slap me? You know, he says is the woman he says, Yes I will, about a spoonful. <laughs> you know, it's basically that sort of desperation, you know, kinda you do just about anything for it, no matter what it is, you know. It could be anything. It could be any drug, could be you know, um, you know, roast beef or <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know. Anything good. I eat my roast beef by the spoonful, I don't know, guys. <laughs> 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 mmm, nothing better than a spoonful of roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
2: no, this is like, this is, just, it's all about sexuality. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Eww. Kind
2: of depressing, they're showing, like, images and it has the, the dude's grave stuff. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. Charlie Patton. He was an interesting guy, you know, he's one of the also sometimes called, the you know, the godfather of the blues. Um, he was, I mean, if you see a picture of him, he looks kinda like a really tan white guy. He has very Caucasian features, he's very white <laughs> guy looking, um, which didn't seem to, you know, make any difference in the world. He still got, you know, was one of the best and he's still, to this day, I think, you know, most people hold him up as one of the absolute greats. Yeah. Um, He's, you know, he's he's done a bunch of stuff. I could rattle off some titles, but I don't want to, so.
2: <laughs> no, that's cool. But you can a, mail it in. That's just fine. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> no, but a lot of people pay homage to him. You know, Bob Dylan uh, wrote a couple songs about him. Um, you know, he's just, he's, if you're just getting into the blues, I would go ahead and try to track down some Charlie Patton.
2: Mm, if you're just getting into the blues, you'd be tracking down a little down the crossroads.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for this last track, though. I gotta tell you.
0: This is some Howlin' Wolf, and this is the whole reason I did the show. Alright,
2: mm-hmm. start her up.
1: Oh, shit. You hear that? I
2: do. <laughs> mm. Just a little back and forth.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: High heels in a Sunday dress, hip swing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's actually me right now. <laughs>
0: I can picture that. (laughs) Is that fucking good (laughs) or what?
3: Love this one. So good. Mm.
0: (laughs) So he does the same sort of thing that Charlie Patton was doing. He doesn't sort of leaves it off. Then let's. Take mm-hmm. up for him, but he does end up saying spoonful later on. But yeah, this he's sort of, you know, he said it could be anything, could be spoonful of anything—diamonds, gold, precious love, coffee, tea.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. There it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Listen to that voice, man. <laughs> For me, this howlmoth is sex. (laughs) He is just a growling animal.
2: I'll ride that train. That's good. (laughs)
0: Listen to that. Listen to that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: He's whispering in your ear.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. So. Mm. <laughs>
0: so, the guitar player on this is uh, Hubert Sumlin, who just kind of recently just died, but he was a longtime band member of um, Howl Wolf's band, guitar player, and he was just a phenomenal guitar player. And first, as a wild a man as Helen Wolf was, um, he really ran a tight ship when it came to his band, and, um, you know, they're really tight and really professional, And but that song, man, that's just sexy, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's got a bad-ass
3: he? voice. Yeah.
0: he's a bad motherfucker, too. He was, at least, you know, he's like 300 pounds, just this big, fat, not fat, but just as big dude and he would like prowl across the, straight, the mm-hmm. stage you know he'd get on his hands and knees and he'd get on his back and oh. <laughs> he's just an animal on stage and it is I mean if you I um, there's a clip that I really love to watch uh, it's a song that he does called uh, Highway 49 there's this one clip of him he was in DC I think at one of the first uh, blues festivals there in DC and It's just him, and he's singing the song, and he's on his knees, and, you know, he's crawling across the floor. It's a phenomenal thing, and he's just a
2: monster. That performance aspect of it, like, Mm -hmm. every once in a while, I'll tune in, and I'll see, like, a a, a blues festival, and they have some, actually some really talented people up there, but they're literally, like, just standing or sitting down, and they're not doing anything, Mm -hmm. and when I listen to it, I love, part of the reason, and, and this is sort of, you know, off track here a little bit, I love me some Cab Calloway because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. he moves. He's got he's got swagger about him, and he gets sure. into the music, and that is part of it. And and this goes through for every single soul musician that's amazing. And I love me some James Brown. And so huh? you know he gets out there and he moves. That's mm-hmm. part of what makes this music amazing is the the physicality involved in performances, yeah. and not just like sitting on your stool mm-hmm. because you got yeah, diabetes yeah. and you got about to move your foot.
0: I think you're referencing BB King there, and you're absolutely right. I mean, he's a you know he's a great musician, but who the fuck wants to go see him live? He just sits there, you know. Yeah. My my first concert as a kid was supposed to be a BB King concert, but I was such a shithead that my mom locked me in a closet and went without me. Holy shit! But <laughs> but that that's another story, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But um, I don't care. I mean, I I mean, I guess it'd be cool now to say that was my first concert instead of the Jackson Brown concert, which was actually my first concert. But um. <laughs> He's kind of, yeah, he just sits there on a stool. I mean, he is a great guitar player, but it's kind of, kind of boring, you know, mm. and there's all kinds of musicians who are great, but if you're not going to get out there and be like, you know, have stage presence like yeah. Alan Wolf does, or, you know, any a great artist that you remember has something, you know, Jimi Hendrix had his guitar on fire, he I mean, had something, you know, so keep that in mind, kids, if you're going to
2: yeah, try to be stand a superstar. like sir. a douchebag.
0: No matter how good you are, you got to have some kind of charisma.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You move a hip or something.
0: Yeah, do something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a great, great set. And uh, I think we had some um, wonderful messages for the children. Go out there and get (laughs) yourself a spoonful.
0: Yeah, do it.
2: (laughs) That's how we take it. Yep. (laughs) Buy the spoonful. Well, thank you very much, Aaron. I, I really appreciate it. This is great. And I cannot wait for a whole new year of Down the so Crossroads. exciting, it I is. know. Right. Um, we might have to uh, try that new format that we discussed You know, at the end of the year. Oh? That, that would be kind of funny. But, uh... Oh. Oh. <laughs> have That's you forgotten episode. already? I, I tried to block it out, quite <laughs> frankly. <laughs> How did you feel about that uh, that episode, by the way?
0: I loved that episode. I thought but you I, did amazing. I, I had to skip through everything I did, but... <laughs> <laughs> I can't listen to that stuff. I, I think
2: everyone loved it. It was it was a lot of fun. But you know <laughs> it what? Was you fun. can you can actually find Erin online any day of the week. Doesn't have mm-hmm. to be on once a month on her Facebook page down to the crossroads and on Twitter at Chelsea Girl19. Erin, it is always a pleasure. My pleasure is all mine. Until next month, Hail Satan. Hail Satan. All right, guys and gals, that's going to do it for another show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I would love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let me know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. Oh, hey, and thank you for your feedback. You know who you are. I've added a contact page on my website, so now it has the voicemail, um, phone number on it it has the email address and where you can find me on all the social networking sites um, if you didn't see it on the sidebar there just sort of spelled it out a little bit clearer there but um yeah if you want to be a part of nine cents and you want to send me that opening line that I have at the beginning of all my episodes I would like if I may to take you on a strange journey give that phone number on the website a call it goes right to a voicemail Just leave me that line and I will play it on an episode. It'll be fun. You can be a part of Nine Cents History. So, what are you waiting for? Get your ass out there. Give me a call, mate. <laughs> you can visit the Satan Net, Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter, or MySpace page for nine cents and get updated on weekly topics. Listen to the show at radiofreesatan.com or download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at nine centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube, so look for us there. You can subscribe to Nine Cents via iTunes by searching nine cents, and don't forget to leave a rating or comment. If you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. Yeah, so if you want to know anything about Satanism, not crazy, insane devil worshipers claiming to be Satanists, churchofsatan.com is the place to go, people. Please. It just infuriates me that other people even exist. And if you'd like to hear other fine satanic voices, music, or personalities, visit radiofreesatan.com, the source for online satanic media. That's right. And once again, thank you for joining me and as always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, and until next week, Hail Satan!